All right, so this is, this is our last week in our series called Disciplines. Uh, so if you haven't been in the past few weeks, we've been going through just a series about looking at different spiritual disciplines that we see in Scripture and how we're to apply those to our lives and just why we do these uh, to help us grow in our relationship with Christ. Because just like anything, the only way we can grow is if we discipline ourselves to grow in these areas. So just like you won't be able to go from, let's say, a couch to a 10K overnight. Like you have to put disciplines in place to condition yourself to help you grow. And so tonight we're going to be looking at this last one of the discipline of evangelism. And so a lot of times we say that, uh, different thoughts can come into mind. There could be a little bit of fear that comes to our heart, like, what does this look like? So I just want to ask you all personally, when, when you see the word evangelism, when you hear the word evangelism, what comes to mind? How would you define evangelism? Sharing the gospel. Okay. Hmm? Ministry. Ministry. Okay. What else? Is there any particular people that come to mind? Is there stories that come to mind? All right, well, how about this? How about we get a, a working definition to help us with this? So this is what we would define as evangelism. That's on your notes as well. It's presenting Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to sinful people in order that they may come to put their trust in God through him to receive him as their savior and to serve him as their king in the fellowship of his church. So this is what it means with evangelism. Of course, we can boil a lot of that down to what some of y'all said is sharing Christ, sharing the gospel, sharing our faith in that. And so um, when it comes to evangelism and presenting Christ, uh, I actually had an opportunity fairly recently, I think I told some of y'all about this, is that... Um, so it happened one day when I was walking uh, Hercules, my dog, around our apartment complex, and I had two Mormon missionaries that were going door to door and talking to people. And I remember having my headphones in, and I remember I was just like, please don't talk to me right now. I just want to walk my dog, and I want to get back, and I don't want to deal with this. Sure enough, hey, man, stick their arm out. Hey, we, we just want to know if we could, we could just share a message with you out of the Book of Mormon. And I go, okay. How about this? I'll let you share a message if you let me share a message in return. They say, yeah, you know what? That sounds fair. That sounds good. And uh, they end up finding out really quickly that I'm a pastor and they thought that would be interesting. So we met up at the Starbucks down the street, uh, for at least for them, for hot chocolate. They don't believe in like drinking caffeine. So they had hot chocolate. I had, I had coffee. I, I was, at least wouldn't have some. And so we just sat down and we just... We just started talking, and so I just kind of asked a bunch of different questions. What did they believe? How did they reconcile kind of some of those beliefs with what Scripture says and how they did that? And I remember near the end, I was able to just quickly share the gospel with them out of Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, about how like we're dead in our sins, and Christ is the only one that lived the perfect sinless life that we could, and he died to pay the penalty for all of our sins, and, and that it's only by believing in him and his finished work that we can be saved. And I remember they were like shaking their heads like, yeah, 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 like we agree the same thing. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. Like we have two totally differing views on this. And I remember sharing the gospel with them, and then we had to leave. And I remember I got in my car after sharing the gospel. If I'll be honest, I just got in my car and I just cried. Because these people are, are dead in their sins. They're lost and they need saving. And here I'm uh, crying about this because they need Christ. They need to be saved. And they thought they were saved, but we could not be more polar opposite in that. But also, if I, at the same time, I felt really good that I was able to share the gospel with them and had that opportunity. 
And I didn't do it without, without any, like, without being mean or, or awful or anything. I was just asking questions and being compassionate about it. But also, at the same time, I felt really convicted. Because as I'm interacting with these guys, come to find out these are missionaries. These are Mormon missionaries. One of them came all the way from Texas. The other one came all the way from Utah to be trained in Murfreesboro. And here they are. They're, they're studying Spanish to go to different Latin American countries. For all we know, places like Mexico or like Nicaragua, things like that. And, and here they are training. And they're going door to door to people they don't know to share their faith with other people. Yet, here I am, unwilling to even get to know the people in my apartment, the same building that's in my apartment complex. And come to find out, these same Mormon missionaries are in the same apartment complex I'm in too. And I'm like, man, this is an opportunity right here. And I want to ask this, does anybody want to guess how old these missionaries were? 20, okay. 40, okay. 18. Okay. 17. 17. Gracie hit it right on the head. They were both 18 years old. That's not too much older than some of y'all. And here these guys are at 18 years old, coming from Texas and Utah to the mi- hundreds of miles away to Middle Tennessee to get trained in Spanish, train these things up in this way to go out and share their faith when we have people that live next door to us or even people in our own household or, or things of that nature that we're scared to even walk across the street. I put myself in that category. But we see that evangelism is so incredibly important. And I think what needs to happen is that we might have fears and there might be legitimate fears. We might have worries. We might have questions. We might have concerns. What we're going to look at tonight is that we want to have Christ overrule our fears, our concerns, our worries, and we want to study what does this discipline mean to evangelize? Like, what can we know about evangelism? And we want to see that that Christ is with us every step of the way. We want to see that if Christ commands us to do something, we're going to see that he has done it himself, and he's going to help us with that. We also want to see just how he empowers us to do this. It's not just something where Jesus says, hey, go do this, and then he just steps away and doesn't do anything. So we want to study this tonight, the importance of evangelism, why we evangelize, and just look at some practical ways of how we do this. So let's do this. Let's pray, and then let's jump into studying this. So dear Lord, we just come before you, and we just pray. Um, when it comes to evangelizing and sharing our faith, it can, be, it can make us nervous, it can make us anxious, it can make us fearful. Uh, we might be fearful of not having the right answers or not knowing enough or, or just being worried about being rejected and, and so many other things that come with that. But would you help us as we study your word together? Would you help show that you are with us every step of the way? That you will empower us to do this? And that we can rest in you knowing that you are the Lord of the entire harvest. So would you just help us as we look at your word? Would you help just calm our fears? Would you help answer our questions? Would you help just address our concerns and see that Christ is with us every step of the way and he will help us every step of the way so that we can go out and we can tell people about Christ, go tell others about him, to make Christ's name known in Las Casas and Murfreesboro and just, just from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. It's only by your grace we can do any of this. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to look at three truths tonight. And the first truth is this, is that evangelism is expected. Evangelism is expected. So there's two verses I want us to look at. 
to help address this. It kind of just points us out. The first one is Mark 16, verse 15, where listen to what it says. This is Jesus talking. And Jesus said to them, go into, the, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So here we have our Lord and Savior Jesus saying we are commanded to go into all the earth and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So here's already a command that we have. And then in John 20, verse 21, Jesus is saying, is talking to his disciples. And it's the same thing he gives us today. So John 20, verse 21, it says, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. In fact, that's kind of purposely why I wore this shirt. This is one of the D-Now themes of my last church called Living Sent, and it's based off this verse, that we are to live our lives as constantly being sent out by Christ into these areas to live for him. And so just as the Father sent Jesus Christ into the world to proclaim the kingdom, Jesus is now saying, hey, I am now sending you as my followers into the world to proclaim about this kingdom, how the kingdom of God has come near, their need to repent, their need to believe, so they can truly be saved. So we are commanded and expected by Christ to go tell other people about the one we're proclaiming to be a follower of. And so there might be different ways we share our faith, there might be things, but here's this first truth. Jesus does not expect all Christians to use the same methods of evangelism, but he does expect all Christians to evangelize. So Jesus does not expect all Christians to use the same methods of evangelism, but he does expect all Christians to evangelize. So just like our next series, how I told you we're going to be looking at different methods, that doesn't mean you have to use this method. It's not saying, well, this is the method that Jesus used, so you have to use this one. No, there might be ones that you say, hey, I, that works a lot better for me. Or you might think, ah, I don't like all these dumb methods. I want to take different pieces of these methods and use it for my own. That's fine. As long as you're going out and sharing your faith, that's the whole point of it. That we want to be able to share our faith with other people. And so anyone that's relating just the essential elements of the gospel, that's evangelizing. We're able to just, we're able to explain, hey, how God created everything perfectly, and then sin came into the world and broke that, and then we needed a Savior to heal all this, and that he gave all these commands that these Israelites couldn't live, and so Jesus came, being born of a virgin, being fully God and fully man, obeying all 613 commandments, and then died to pay the penalty for all of our sins, was buried, resurrected, and now is sitting at the right hand of the Father. When we communicate just those different essential aspects of it, we're evangelizing. But here's another point I want us to see. Evangelism occurs when the words of the gospel are in these ways. When they're spoken, when they're written, when they're recorded, when they're delivered to one person, and when they're delivered to a crowd. Now, I want you to notice in all of these is that in some way, shape, or form, we are communicating the gospel. We're truly communicating the gospel, whether it's in written form or verbal form, that we are communicating the gospel. Anybody ever heard the phrase, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words? The, the concept, the, they thought this concept behind us, well, you just live out the gospel with your life. And then people will see that and come to know Christ. And I would say a better way to say it is, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use a megaphone, use a microphone, use anything you can to communicate it. Because people might see a changed life, and that's important that we live out a changed life, but we also have to communicate why do we have a changed life? Why are we different than everybody else? What makes us unique? And that is the gospel message. That's what we need to communicate to people. 
So of course it's important to make the gospel known through our lives, but we also have to make the gospel known through our mouths, through what we say, through what we record. And whether it's to one person or entire crowd, it doesn't matter. We have to deliver that. So there was this study done by Ed Stetzer, and they were asking the amount of believers if they believed they had the gift of evangelism. Anybody want to guess how many, what percentage of people said they believe that God has given them the gift of evangelism? Any guess? Any guesses? 2%? One percent? Three, five. 3%? 1% of believers said they believe that God gave them the gift of evangelism. And a lot of times, I think what we think as Christians is, well, that, that's, that's what someone is gifted at, and so we're just going to leave that to them to be able to tell people about Jesus. But let's think about this. If we only believe 1% of Christians is gifted in the gift of evangelism, and the other 99% is entrusting the 1% to do 100% of the work of evangelism, there's a problem there. There's a problem there. Yes, there are some people, absolutely, that God will gift the gift of evangelism. That naturally, they're able to just turn a conversation to Jesus so smoothly and so great and are able to articulate the gospel really well. Some people are just naturally gifted at that. While there's a lot of us, we are not gifted at that. We have to discipline ourselves to find ways to do that and work through that. And that's okay. While God might use those people and call those people to full-time vocational evangelist ministry, he expects all of us and calls all of us as believers to be his witnesses. And so that's last one. God calls every believer to be a witness. God calls every believer to be a witness. So if you have truly repented of your sins, if you've truly believed in the finished work of Christ, and if you have received salvation, awesome. Not only are you saved, but now you are sent out to go tell other people about Christ. Not only are you saved by the gospel, but now you are sent out with that same gospel message saying, all right, awesome. This same gospel message that saved you, God is saying, now I'm entrusting to you to now go back out and tell other people about this message so that they can be saved too, they can be entrusted with the message, and they can be sent out too. And on and on and on this evangelism process goes. But this next truth I want us to look at is to encourage us. So this next one, the next truth, is evangelism is empowered. Evangelism is empowered. So while you're writing this out, I just want you to listen to this promise in Matthew 28. In fact, Pastor Aaron alluded to it a little bit, and you might have heard this known as the Great Commission. And so just listen to what Jesus says, all right? Because think about it. Normally, if someone's about to say their final words, like if they're about to pass away and say their last words, a lot of us would listen, wouldn't we? Because these are the last words this person's going to say. And so this is some of the last words that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended back up into heaven. This is what it says. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So think about this for a second. A lot of times we focus on, hey, go therefore into all the nations and baptize them. We say, man, that, that's a lot to go on. Like all the nations, we're supposed to go tell people about Jesus. But I want us to focus on what Jesus starts this conversation with and, or starts his command with and ends this command with. So in verse 18, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So it says, Jesus says, I have all authority. And then at the very end, It says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
So in between this command, on either ends of this command for us to go and tell other people about Jesus, we see this. If we are in Christ, then wherever we go, we have the power and presence of Jesus. Wherever we go, if we are in Christ, we have the power and presence of Jesus. So he says, look, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus holds all authority, all the power. And so if we are in Christ, we are walking in that resurrection power. And then it says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So no matter where we go, Jesus is with us every step of the way. And so this is so important for us. This is an incredible promise. It's not just Jesus just saying, hey, uh, go tell other people about me. Bye. See you in heaven. Catch you on the flip side. Good luck. No, Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Not only did I save you, but I'm living within you. I'm with you every step of the way. And I'm going to empower you to go tell other people about me so they can be saved by me. That should encourage a lot of us because I think one of the reasons why evangelism frightens so many of us is because there's a seriousness to evangelism. Like there is a weight to evangelism. Like think about this. People are going to spend eternity in one of two places, either heaven or hell. And so eternity is at stake when it comes to the gospel. That's weighty. Like that would weigh on anybody's shoulders to know that they're, you know, our family members, our friends, our classmates, teammates, co-workers, that they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. And it hinges upon if they believe in the gospel, which means that puts weight on us to go tell people about Christ and tell people about the gospel. That would weigh on anybody's shoulders. And a lot of times we hear that and we go, "I, I just don't know if I want to do that. And so we put it off. And so some of us are frightened by that. We're frightened by how they'll respond. We're frightened by they might reject us. We're frightened that they might say, well, we think we might not know enough. But here's another truth I want you to see. When it comes to evangelism, when it comes to sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel is successful evangelism. Sharing the gospel is successful evangelism. What I mean by that is whenever we share the gospel, we are not called to go save people, okay? People being saved, their souls being saved is not up to us. We are just called to be obedient and tell them how they can be saved. We're to go tell people about the gospel. We're to go to tell people that, yes, that we're all fallen, sinful human beings, and we are in desperate need of Jesus and believing in him. But it's up to that person to respond to the gospel, like the phrase says, we can lead a horse to water all day long. We can tell them how to drink the water. We can tell them the best way to drink the water. But it's up to the horse to drink the water. We can tell people all day long, this is why you need to be saved. This is the importance of the gospel. This is what you need to do to believe. We can tell them all day long till we're blue in the face. But it's up to them to respond. So we're just called to be obedient, to tell them about Christ. And trust the results to God. Because God is the one that ultimately gives growth and draws people back to him and saves people. And so whenever we share the gospel, we have succeeded because we're just being faithful to what Christ has commanded to us. So in the truest sense, every time that we just share the gospel, regardless of the results, that is successful evangelism. Because as I was alluding to, here's the next important point. The power of evangelism is the Holy Spirit. The power of evangelism is the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1.8, this is actually a big verse for us as a church. So you ever realize why it says we have, let's say, mission partners in Jerusalem and mission Judea and Samaria and missions ends of the earth, like Aaron and Pekah right now in Way of the Cross. 
It comes from this verse. We're in Acts 1.8. Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So from the moment that we repent of our sins, believe in the gospel, and receive salvation, the Holy Spirit is indwelt within us, lives within us, and empowers us to go be witnesses for Christ. Because the goal and the point of the Holy Spirit is to conform us more into the image of Christ, to magnify Christ, to glorify Christ, and point people to Him. And so He's going to empower us to go tell people about Christ. So here's this next truth. The same Holy Spirit power that changed your life for Christ is the same power to witness for Christ. So the same Holy Holy Spirit power that drew you to Christ and that saved you and changed your life is the same Holy Spirit that's going to power you to be a witness for Christ. So we're called to be faithful in sharing the gospel with others and we just trust God for the rest. That's what we're called to do because God is the one that ultimately produces conversion in someone's heart. We see where where Paul says, look, I just, I planted seeds, Apollos watered, but ultimately God gives the growth. So we're just called to plant seeds or to water that seed by continually telling about Jesus and trusting that God will draw them back to him and produce growth out of that. But also this same Holy Spirit, like it says, help changes our lives. It helps us grow in our walk with Christ, which As we grow in our walk with Christ, that is another way to witness to others. That's what helps us grow in all these other disciplines we've talked about. With Bible intake, with prayer, with worship, with serving, with fasting, with stewardship, with silence and solitude. That the Holy Spirit helps us grow in those areas and also helps us in this discipline of evangelizing to others. The Holy Spirit empowers us every step of the way. Because here is another one. The most powerful ongoing Christian witness has always been the speaking of God's word by one who is living God's word. So the most powerful ongoing Christian witness has always been the speaking of God's word by one who is living God's word. And the Holy Spirit helps us do all of this. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do these things. See how all these disciplines are tied together? That's why we want to see how all these disciplines are so important and tied together. That helps us grow in our relationship with Christ. It helps us be a witness for other people to Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps us every step of the way in this. So we can be encouraged that evangelism is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And here's the last truth I want us to look at. Evangelism is a discipline. Evangelism is a discipline. So here's what we must do. We must discipline ourselves to get into situations where we will have opportunities to be able to tell others about Jesus. We're able to proclaim the gospel to them. Here's the thing. Gospel opportunities are not just going to happen spontaneously. We're not just going to be able to sit around and say, well, I'll just wait for it to happen and and fall in front of my lap. and, And then I go, oh, now it's time. We have to discipline ourselves to put us in those positions to be able to evangelize to other people. Gospel opportunities will not just happen. But also, as we talked about just in that last point, us living out our faith is important because here's this next truth. Evangelism is a natural overflow of the Christian life. Evangelism is a natural overflow of the Christian life. It should be natural for us to be able to tell people about Christ as we grow more in our relationship with Christ. 
that as we grow more, uh, as we grow more in his likeness, as we become more of the follower he's called us to be, we can't help but share our faith with other people. We can't help but tell other people about him. Because here's the thing. We talk about whatever we are passionate about. When we are really passionate about something, we will tell everybody about it. So let's say if it's hunting season and we caught a nice buck, we will tell everybody about it. We'll post about it. If we catch a nice fish, we will post about it and tell people about our nice fish that we caught. If we made an awesome play in sports, we will want to make sure everyone knows about our awesome play in sports and how successful we were in that. If we got those new shoes that we really want or the newest iPhone or anything else, we will let people know about all the newest features and how awesome those things are. Let's say we get that new mile time that we really want or we reach a milestone in our life. We will tell people about what we are truly passionate about. It just naturally overflows out of our mouths. And so I want you to think about this. What are you, don't answer this, but I want you to think about this for yourselves. What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? What do you talk about the most to other people? What do you think about the most? What do you spend the most time on? What do you post about the most? Like, share, etc. Let me ask you this to follow up. Whatever you talk about or spend the most time on, spend that time on, is it pointing people more to you and your accomplishments or is it pointing people to Christ and what he did on the cross? Which one is it doing? Because whatever you're passionate about, whatever you talk about, is really what you are truly desiring the most. But a lot of times we share about this because we know a lot about the subject. It might be the reason why, let's say, we talk about cars or hunting or sports or arts or anything else like that or clothes, technology, whatever, is because we just know a lot about it. And so naturally, we're comfortable talking a lot about it. And so naturally, when that comes to sharing the gospel, we might think, well, I don't know a whole lot about it. I, don't, I feel like I don't know enough to tell other people about Jesus. So I don't know if I could do that. But here's what I want us to understand is this next point. If we understand the gospel well enough ourselves to be saved, then we know enough to tell others how to be saved. If we understand the gospel well enough ourselves to be saved, then we know enough to tell others how to be saved. Look, if we know enough of the gospel where the Holy Spirit was able to work in our own hearts and save us, then that is more than enough to go tell other people about how they can be saved and the Holy Spirit can work in their lives and save them. So if God has saved you by this gospel message, he can absolutely use it and use you to share this with other people. And here's the thing, in whatever context the Lord has placed you in, he calls you to find ways to fulfill the great commission in those. So here's another verse in Acts that I want us to see. Acts 17, verse 26 through 27. This is what it says. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. And they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is able, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. So we're called to share the gospel with other people. And it says to the point where, guess what? He has divinely placed us in these areas. So he has divinely placed you in those schools, sports teams, clubs, neighborhoods. He has placed you there so that you would share the gospel with those people in those areas. Even so much of the people, let's say you sit next to in class, to the people you play alongside, to the people you work next to, he has placed you there 
so you would be a witness. But then we see this to go even further in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, we see this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So not only has God divinely placed us in these areas, but he has made us ambassadors for Christ in those areas. He's made us ambassadors for Christ in those areas so that we could share people, implore people, beg people, be reconciled to God. You need to be saved that Christ made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here's the thing. We are to share the gospel with other people. And a lot of times we think, well, we have to share it with with everyone. We just can start with one person at a time. The point is not how many unbelievers you see every day, but it's how often you interact with them in appropriate ways that you can share the gospel with them. That's what's more important about that. Because here's the thing, is that it's great. If we're living the gospel life, that is awesome. If we're living a life that represents Christ, if if we're living that way, that is awesome. But here's our next point. No matter how well we live the gospel... Sooner or later, we must communicate the content of the gospel. So no matter how well we live the gospel, sooner or later, we must communicate the content of the gospel. Like I said, people say, well, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. No, that's false. That's wrong. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use a megaphone. Stand on a table. Shout as loud as you can. Use a microphone. Do whatever you can to share the gospel, because eternity is at stake with this. But again, I would also agree, absolutely, we need to live out the gospel message too. I don't want us to just... I don't want us to belittle the point of just sharing. Like, obviously, we have to make sure we're living the gospel message too, because it's really hard to tell people, hey, you should believe in Christ... And, and he'll transform your life if we look no different than the unbelievers around us. It, it's hard to tell people about Christ if Christ has not really transformed our lives, if we look no different than the world around us. Because it's important for us to live out our life. It's important for us to live out this gospel message. And of course, here's this other point, is that absolutely, the example of Christianity saves no one. Rather, it is the message of Christianity that saves Again, this is not to belittle the point of us being an example and living out our faith. It's the importance of us telling people why we have this example. That people could look at our example all day long and look at our lives and say, man, they're different. But what's different about them? If we never tell them why we're different, then they'll never have an opportunity to be saved in this. That's what we see in Romans 1.16, that it is the power of the gospel to save. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Or as we're going to see in a bit, in Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. It does not say faith comes by seeing, by seeing an example. It says faith comes by hearing. They have to hear the gospel message and repent and respond to that message. So we must discipline ourselves in all these other spiritual disciplines we've talked about to not only grow in our faith, but discipline ourselves when the time comes that we're able to share the gospel message with other people. So we must discipline ourselves to have those opportunities. 
So here's what I want us to do in this last part. I just want to look at practical ways to evangelize. Now, of course, we're going to jump into more ways over the next several weeks of when it comes to just methods to share our faith. But here's just a few that you see written down on yours. So the first one is write down where God has placed you. So here's something you can do where just think about all the different places God has placed you. So think about the school system. Think about the schools you go to. Think about the sports teams you're on. Think about the clubs that you're involved in. Think about the neighborhood you live on. Think about anything else that you're involved in where you interact with other people. To write those down. That way you can see, okay, where has God divinely placed me? But next one, write down people in those areas that you interact with. So not only write down, let's say, the school you go to, but write down who are those classmates you interact with or people you have lunch with on a constant, regular basis that you know need Christ. Or who are those teammates you play alongside? Who are those coworkers you work alongside? Who are those neighbors you know about? Then you write down those people too. So that way you not only see the air you've placed, but you see the people that God has placed in your path so that way you can be a witness for them. Next one is to write out the gospel. This might seem simple, but like silly or simple, but sometimes if someone asks you, hey, what is the gospel, what would you say? And so sometimes it's just important for us to write out the gospel message because then that helps us memorize a lot more. It helps us be able to explain a lot better. Maybe helps us be more concise in some areas with things. So we write out the gospel. Next one, write out your testimony. So not only write out the gospel, but write out how has the gospel changed you? So you can write out, hey, what was your life like before Christ? And then what was it like when you encountered Christ and believed in Christ? And then what has happened since then? How has Christ changed you and transformed you? And how is he working in your life even in that moment? And then lastly, pray for them and ask how you could pray for them. So pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Pray that the Holy Spirit would make you spiritually sensitive and aware of those opportunities. And then pray that the Holy Spirit would give you the words to say and the boldness to step into that opportunity and say those words. But also, just simply ask the person, hey, how can I be praying for you? There's not too many people that will deny praying for something. I don't care how silly or simple it sounds. It could just be as simple as, hey, I, you know, I got a test next week. Could you just pray for that? Sure. And then just follow up with them. Hey, how'd your test go? How are things going? And then you just ask me, how can I be praying for you? How can I consistently do these things? You'll be surprised how that can slowly open up an opportunity to share Christ with that person, whether it's in tiny increments or the whole gospel account. We want to pray for them. We want to have opportunities to do this. So here's the last thing I want to do. I want us to give us a charge before we pray and close out. So in Romans 10, 9 through 17, it talks about how we are saved. But then it gives us a list of questions of how we are to respond to that. And so it says, how will they know unless someone goes and tell them? How will they know unless they have a preacher? I want you to think about this they. And I want you to replace it with, who is that they in your life? So how will, let's say, uh, so the, let's say the Mormon missionaries I interacted with, their names are Richens and Stanford. So it says, how will Richens and Stanford know about Christ if no one tells them about it? You could say, okay, you could insert your friend's name or your family member's name or your classmate, teammate, whoever. And as I go through it, I want you to think, who is that person that Christ has put you in their life to go tell people about Christ? So this is what it says. This is Romans 9, or Romans 10, 9 through 17. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified with the mouth and confesses is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, 
bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now here's a section where we talk about they. Who is the they for you? Fill in their name on this they and just listen to this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Let's pray. So, Lord, we just come before you, and, and it says you are the Lord of the harvest. And it says to pray that, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So, Lord, I pray tonight, starting even in this room, would you raise up laborers? Would you raise us up, empower us with your Holy Spirit, and to go back out into our communities to tell people about Jesus? Would you help just put our concerns and questions and worries by the wayside to show that Christ is with us every step of the way, that his power and presence is with us wherever we go. The Holy Spirit helps us be able to communicate all these things. So would you help us, Lord? Would you reveal those places you have divinely placed us as ambassadors? Would would you reveal to us those people you have put in our path so that we would tell them about Jesus? And by the Holy Spirit, we pray that those people, as we tell them about Jesus, would they be convicted of their sins? Would they repent of their sins? Would they believe in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross? And would they be reconciled back to you so that way they can go out and tell other people about Jesus as well? It is only by your grace we can do any of this. So by your grace, would you help us? Would you help us continue to live for you? Would you help us go tell other people about you? to ultimately fulfill our goal here at LSM, to live out this mission you've given all of us. And that's to make Christ's name known. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.